take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself Cause life ain't just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never-ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come, my friend Cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud. I am your host, Nurse April, and today I want to talk about something interesting that I just came across. I've been hearing a lot, and I'm sure you guys have as well, about the whole situation going on with the banking industry and the possible collapse of the Western civilization. And I actually came across something quite interesting. Um, Apparently, the Federal Reserve plans on rolling out something called FedNow, which is an instant payment service. And it's going to be starting, debuting in May, May of 2023. What does that mean for the central banking digital currency that they've been talking about? And how does that affect us as citizens? Is it possible that we are entering into an age where you will not be able to buy and sell unless you are utilizing this system? And does it sound familiar to you at all? Again, I'm your host, Nurse April, and we air Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with an encore at 11 p.m. You can hear our shows uh, live. Well, they're not really live. They're pre-recorded, but you can still listen to our shows Monday through Friday. You have a different nurse host daily. And then if you miss the show, you can always listen on podcasts, which usually goes about a day or two after, and you can listen on any of your favorite podcasting apps. So let's get into this. So what is the FedNow service? I am literally just learning about this. So I'm just going to share with you what I came across and what I'm reading on the government, the Federal Reserve website. And I'll, of course, include the link in the show notes. But here is what they say about the FedNow service. It's a new instant payment service that the Federal Reserve banks are developing to enable financial institutions of every size and in every community across the U.S. to provide safe and efficient instant payment services in real time around the clock every day of the year. Through financial institutions participating in the FedNow service businesses and individuals will be able to send and receive instant payments conveniently, and recipients will have full access to funds immediately, giving them greater flexibility to manage their money and make time-sensitive payments. Consistent with the Federal Reserve's historical role of providing payment services alongside private sector providers, the FedNow service will provide choice in the market for clearing and settling instant payments, as well as promote resiliency through redundancy. Financial institutions and their service providers will be able to use the service as a springboard to provide innovative instant payment services to customers. We will update this page as we have more information about this new service, which is under development and will continue to evolve. 
Launch timing. Implementing the FedNow service in an efficient and safe manner remains a high priority for the Federal Reserve. The FedNow service will launch in 2023 and will be deployed in phases so that the initial service can be launched expeditiously with additional features and enhancements released in stages after the initial launch. This phased approach will allow for adjustments and improvements in response to industry needs or changes in technology. Let me stop here and just ask a question. If you go to this website and you, when you get a chance, I, I do recommend you, you go there and do your research so you can find out for yourself, but you'll see the logo and it looks very similar to PayPal. And they even use PayPal in some of the um, explanations. And I'm just curious, why do we need the federal government to jump in on this business if we already have Square, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App? Um, who else? Zelle. I mean, we already have these instant payment services where basically you can move your money as quickly as you need to. So why is the federal government or the Federal Reserve getting involved in this form of banking? It seems strange and unnecessary, considering how many other things that the federal government gets its hands on and it just screws up. It is not known to be an efficient system. It's not known to be an innovative system. So are you just stealing other people's ideas and making it federal and for what? So you can monitor people's banking transactions so you can control people. Cause that's really where, what it looks like to those of us on the outside looking in and really kind of basing it off of our experience with the government and how you've done things in the past. Why would you care about making transactions, you know, more expedient than they already are. Yes, banks have their normal hours, you know, whatever. But in in a way, it's not even, it's not like that anymore. I mean, we can do our banking pretty much around the clock. So I'm not exactly sure what this service provides us that we don't already have, which is why it looks very, very suspicious. So here, here it says payment flow. The figure below illustrates a completed payment over the FedNow service in its simplest form. And so what they show is a person, and that's the sender. And then it goes to your, the sender's financial institution, so your bank or yeah, whomever you're banking with. And then it moves from the, your financial institution to the FedNow service reserve banks. And then it goes from there to the receiver's financial institution. And then from the receiver's financial institution, it goes to the FedNow Service Reserve Bank again. And then it goes to the sender's financial institution. It goes back to the sender. Or it goes to the receiver, whichever way you're going. And it says all of this is happening within seconds. So here, scratch that. My example, if you were confused, let me just read it to you. Okay. So here it says in step one, a sender, an individual or business initiates a payment by sending a payment message to its financial institution through an end user interface outside the FedNow service. The sender's financial institution is responsible for screening the payment according to its internal processes and requirements. 
In step two, the sender's financial institution submits a payment message to the FedNow service. See, you already got me right there. Why do I need to send a message to the federal government when I'm trying to do a, a transaction? Anyway, okay, step three. In step three, the FedNow service validates the payment message, for example, by verifying that the message meets message format specifications. In step four, the FedNow service sends the contents of the payment message to the receiver's financial institution to seek confirmation that the receiver's financial institution intends to accept the payment message. At this point, the receiver's financial institution will have the opportunity to confirm or deny that it maintains the specified account. In step five, the receiver's financial institution sends a positive response to the FedNow service, confirming that it intends to accept the payment message. Steps four and five are intended to reduce the number of misdirected payments and resulting exception cases that can occur in high volume systems. Mm, I don't know. I've never had that happen to me before, so I don't even know if that's a valid excuse. Okay. Step six, the FedNow service debits and credits the designated master accounts of the senders and receivers financial institutions or their correspondent financial institutions, respectively. In step seven, the FedNow service sends a payment message forward to the receivers financial institution with an advice of credit and in parallel sends an acknowledgement to the sender's financial institution notifying it that settlement is complete. In step eight, the receiver's financial institution credits the receiver's account. As a term of the FedNow service, the Federal Reserve Banks anticipate requiring the receiver's financial institution to make funds available to the receiver almost immediately after step seven. This crediting to the receiver's account, as well as the debiting of the sender's account by their respective financial institutions, happens outside the FedNow service. Hmm. So let's see, let me think of some use case examples. Say my name is Hunter Biden and I am going to receive a large sum of money from let's say some CEO or executive of a company in a foreign nation. Let's see, maybe it'll be somewhere in China. They would through their bank, send a message to the Federal Reserve saying that they want to send me, mm, let's say, $5 million. And then that message would go to my bank and my bank would have to accept that they're willing to take that. And if they said yes, then the message would go back to the Federal Reserve Bank and they would make that transaction happen. Is that, am I getting it? Uh, is that how you guys are reading this? I mean, I'm thinking, so does that then mean that maybe say, here's another use case example. I was invited to go on a trip to an island, maybe um, an island uh, run by someone named Jeffrey Epstein. And I was going to be paying for my flight to get there, or maybe I was uh, commercial airlines or private airlines. And I was using funds in order to pay for the flights, the, the fuels, all of the staff. I mean, is this how the government is going to track illegal transactions and then stop them before they happen? 
Or is this just how they're going to manipulate the movement of money if they say don't like you? For instance, what if I wanted to go to an event, maybe a freedom fighting event for healthcare freedom, and I needed to travel from here to, let's say, Washington, D.C., and I was going to go and buy a flight. And then they knew that this event, this uh, gathering of like-minded individuals was going to be happening. Would they then be able to stop me from buying the ticket to fly to D.C.? Hmm. Makes me curious. And it definitely makes me want to opt out. I personally will not participate in this. And you know what's going to happen. They are going to force this on everyone, just like they did with the COVID vaccines. They're going to start off very lightly and, and recommend it. And they're going to have all kinds of commercials and they're going to try to make it look like this is a great, a great thing for society. And then they're going to dangle carrots and they're going to really encourage you to do the right thing and sign up for this. And then they're going to force you. And my question is this, why? Why does the federal government, the U.S. Federal Reserve, feel like this is so necessary? Similarly, I asked the question, for instance, why were credit card companies getting ready to preparing to, attempting to track gun purchases on behalf of the government? Why are so many companies willing to get in bed with the U.S. government? And I believe a big part of it is because they, they're using their power to manipulate companies. You will either succeed or you will fail based on whether or not you are compliant with the wishes of the U.S. federal government. We have I truly believe we have one of the most corrupt governments in the world. Truly. And I know I'm speaking to the choir because a lot of people feel the same way. But what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about this? Because this is serious. Like they're rolling this out in May. I don't know how many people are aware of how the with the vaccine mandates and and rolling that out and there was a there was a decent number of people who got fake vaccine cards right and who were not vaccinated with the actual mrna technology they were given saline injections so one of the things that the government wants to do is have a system in place where they can tell if you've actually been vaccinated using a tracking system called luciferase. Well, it's, it's, it's actually um, an element that they want to be able to inject with the vaccines, but I believe they already are that lights up so they can tell if you've actually been vaccinated. Another one of those things that makes me question what is their true intent? And so if say this whole banking system works in collaboration with the, you know, the CDC, and NIH and the World Health Organization and your ability to move about the globe based on your vaccination status, based on, based on whether you've been compliant, 
based on whether they think you're a threat to society, they can control us. And what's so crazy is, now you can obviously tell I am no expert at this. I am a lay person sharing my, my ideas and my thoughts as they form. But when I was younger and I used to listen to people talking about the end times and talking about the mark of the beast, that was one thing that was always very scary to me. You know, as a young girl, you think about the mark of the beast and how it says that you won't be able to buy or sell unless you accept the mark. I was like, it, it felt like um, a scary movie plot line. And I honestly didn't think I'd ever live to see the day when something like this would actually happen, where we would actually have to question it. And sometimes I actually wonder, is this intentional? Or is this truly just the scriptures coming to life? So when I'm thinking about this, I'm wondering, okay, what do I do as a Christian who is not willing to participate in this game? What do I need to do to prepare myself? And I'm, I'm all about problem solving here. And I want to help anybody else who's in the same boat. Let's think of some creative ideas that we can use to really kind of get around this system. Money. What's the whole purpose of it? Money is basically a note to, to exchange with someone else that has value, if you give it value. And what it is doing is you're exchanging that note for services, products, services. And so I'm thinking, okay, say I want, and this is old school, of course, this is how it used to be, but say I want some eggs and I go to my local farmer and I say, okay, I will give you this in exchange for eggs. Well. Maybe they want, um, maybe they need some clothes for their baby, or maybe they need um, education services, or maybe they need healthcare services. This is how I anticipate working through this, through a trade and barter system. So this whole trade and barter system, we got to get it going now. We've got to be willing to also say, I don't need all the things that they're trying to sell me. I don't need that new um, what is it? The Tesla that I've been wanting for like ever. I don't need a Tesla. I don't need, you know, to have a whole new wardrobe or I don't need to, oh, not even a whole shit. Yeah. Right. Okay. I don't even need to have like new clothes frequently. Um, what are the things that I need? What I need is a roof over my head, clean water, healthy food, and my family around me. That's what I need. That's it. Everything else is a want. And I am, I am absolutely willing to make every sacrifice I need to in order to say to those in charge, I, I will not fall into this trap. I will not put my desire for things, the things of this world in front of my desire to please God. I will not be accepting 
the mark. I will not be playing alongside the rest of society if they decide to just go with it, go with the flow because I want to travel. I'm not doing it. And I hope the rest of you guys listening are really thinking about what are your alternatives going to be this year? Learn how to garden for real. Last year was my first time starting a garden and it was not easy, um, but it was well worth it. I didn't have this like huge um, harvest of fruits and vegetables, but I had something. It was enough to encourage me. I learned a lot. And I encourage you this year, let this be the year that you actually get out there and learn how to grow your own food because we're at that stage, right? They, they have, they're playing their hand and they're showing us what their, their intent, their intent is regardless of what we want to do. So we just have to show them we will live off the grid. I last year, I really got into watching a lot of those survival videos and um, people who were preppers. And I encourage you to do the same. Start preparing yourself for what it's like to live without the ability to do all of the buying, selling, and trading that you're so used to, that you've always been able to do since you were, you know, a young, young person, young child. And, and look at this as an adventure. Um, because that's what this is going to be. It's going to be quite the adventure. Life is a game. And we are going to have to learn how to play this game and to be strong in how we play this game. Because ultimately we are the ones in control, but we've act, we are acting like we have lost all of our power because we keep working as individuals on islands, looking out for ourselves instead of coming together and collaborating and working together because together we're stronger. We really are. So for instance, if you have gifts and talents if you're a talented seamstress, we have plenty, we have plenty of materials out there where you can turn something old into something new and then trade that for some fresh fruits and vegetables to feed your family. And, you know, we're working on this, this system where we have an alternative to the mainstream healthcare system where we can deliver care to people in their homes. And my personal goal is to teach people how to care for themselves and their family members, because I feel like we have had this monopoly over the information and we haven't wanted to share it with the general public. One thing I've always found interesting is that um, doctors hate it when you Google something and then come to the office and talk to them about it. They hate that. And I've never understood it because I'm like, but don't you want people to be educated? And not only that, if you're not taking the time to educate them, how else are they going to find out? They cannot be beholden to you for all of their information. So if you don't like the information that they're bringing you, then you're going to have to spend more time educating them or spend more time teaching people how to decipher the good from the bad. And don't just poo-poo everything just because it's not something that you are aware of or because it may sound crazy to you because the reality is there's so much information out there that you can't know it all. And so if someone has spent the time to dig deep and research some new to topic that you're unaware of, don't just blow them off like they're, they're ludicrous or they're crazy. Like they really may be onto something. And so what I'd like to do is really, really educate the masses on 
how to <clears throat> look at information, how to tell what information is, is good and what information may not be so good. But at the end of the day, teach you how to learn for yourself so you can advocate for yourself because you may be someone who will come up with a new solution to a problem that we weren't able to see because we've had this tunnel vision. So I completely think that it's better to get everyone on board. The other issue I have with the way things are currently in medicine is that we are so, um, we lack the adequate amount of staff to take care of patients. And we are lacking an adequate amount of staff to train up the next generation. I don't think that the training is as robust as it needs to be. So I do think it's important for you to be as knowledgeable as you can so that you can protect yourself and your family members from us in healthcare. Imagine how much better off people would have been had they known and were able to actually contend or argue with the healthcare providers who were suggesting treatment options that, that were really um, dangerous and should have never been options on the table in the first place. See, the system is banking on you being stupid and not being able to push back and challenge. And that's dangerous for you. It's um, dangerous for us as a society. So we all need to be far more educated and be willing to step back and look at the situation and slow things down. Things are moving at warp speed and that's not a good thing. So how do we slow things down? Well, there are some places you go where you can't do business with them with cash. There's this one restaurant here. Um, what's it called? Chop Shop. Great food, healthy, delicious food. However, they do not accept cash. And there are times when I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to shop here or get food here simply because they are forcing you to use credit and well, credit cards, you know, it could be your debit card, but it doesn't matter either way. Why, why are you feeding into this system? And I felt like this was coming. I think we all knew or saw that this was coming with the, you know, with technology advancing. But one thing that I honestly can't quite wrap my mind around is the excitement for this. I wonder, do they think about the flip side? For instance, this whole Fed now system where you can have this instant and I'm air quotes here, instant access to your money. Yeah, I guess if the power is working, if the internet's working, I mean, that's the thing. Like we are acting like as a society, all of our technology is a guarantee. And how many of us have been in a situation where we're sitting here waiting for something to load, waiting for a website to load and it's buffering and it's doing all the things that it's not supposed to do. I mean, technology is just not consistently reliable. So let's say you want to make an instant transaction and there's a power outage. You need gas, but you can't even get gas because of the power outage. If you had cash on hand, maybe, well, I don't even know if you could get gas if there's power outage. <laughs> I don't even know. 
but let's 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 use another example. Let's say that there has been this huge storm, power's out, and you need to run to the store to pick up flashlights and things like that. And the local market is like, okay, they're open. They have the generator going. You could go in there and you could buy if you have cash, but you can't if you have this. If you're if everything you're doing is in you know, cryptocurrency or everything you're doing is in this electronic currency. It's not real. I don't like the sound of this. I don't like the way this is playing out. I just feel like it's all bad. Here's another example of what's, what's bad to me that I think that people don't consider like the long-term effects or what if this happens, all these medications that everybody's taking, everyone's stuck on all these prescription drugs. What happens when you can't get access to your prescriptions because, you know, supply chain or because, you know, a company shuts down? Are you going to die? Are you going to be really sick because you become dependent on these these um, interventions, these man-made interventions? Why isn't our government spending more time focusing on really helping people to get well instead of encouraging people to stay sick? and stay within the sick care system. Well, we know our government couldn't care any less about us. They really couldn't care any less. So I suggest that you start to care more. And I'm ta- I'm saying this for myself too. I have been on this new diet now for, uh, let's see, this is going on week four because I want to feel good enough and strong enough that number one, you know, you guys already know, I said, I'm not going to the doctor anymore. So I need to get as healthy as I can so that that's not going to be a problem. And then also I want to be able to run. If I need to run, I want to be able to climb mountains and hide and do all the things that you might have to do in case, you know, you're in a war and you're running for your life. And I can't do that if I'm not in shape, if my heart is not healthy, if my lungs are not healthy, if my muscles aren't strong, if my bones aren't strong, like I need to be able to protect myself and my family. And I encourage you all to get on board and do the same. Like, let's do this for real because they're moving forward with this pay now system. They're moving forward with these, you know, um, these vaccines, they're converting more of these vaccines into mRNA instead of the traditional um, vaccine production. They're switching them, these childhood vaccines. So if you don't want that stuff in your kids, y'all going to have to get real smart. Now I'm going to go to break. And on the other side of this, we're going to talk about some more things that are going on in the news that I think are, are pretty interesting. Stay tuned. It's time and this is Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic-era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. 
Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back. I am your host, Nurse April, and I was talking about this whole pay now system that the federal government plans on releasing in May, May of this year, 2023. And it was going over some different use cases like bill pay, account to count use case. They have all these examples that you can go to the Federal Reserve website and you can see um, what what their plan is. I'm interested in knowing what the, because they said that they're going to roll it out in phases. So I'm wondering what those phases are. I haven't seen that part yet, but people saying that the whole crash of the banks, the, the banks that actually were shut down were banks who were directly related to cryptocurrency. And so people, people believe, and it does look like that based on the evidence that it was intentional, that our government intentionally shut down those banks because they were involved in crypto. And if they can crash crypto, then they can scare everybody and encourage everybody or force everybody into the digital bank currency system, which they want to be able to control. Because then things like, for instance, I have um, children who work in the service industry. I have people in my family who work in the service industry all over. Um, And people who work in service industry get paid with tips and they don't always report those tips. So what happens if, you know, from the government standpoint, They can capture every single dollar and every single penny that moves from person to person. Imagine the amount of money they plan on capturing and revenue when they can tax you. So regardless of what industry you work in, there will be no more under the table deals going on. They want you to pay your due, pay your taxes so that they can spend that money so that they can be just as irresponsible as they have been continuing to um, get us further and further into debt in a way that I honestly, somebody, maybe you guys can see a way out, but I do not see how we as a nation are going to be able to clear the debt that we owe. It seems completely unfathomable. And right now the interest payments on that debt is becoming, I just, mm. Now, now just think about that. The amount of money that we owe as a nation 
and the interest payments on that, because that's pretty much all we can take care of. That's all we're covering because we can't stop spending, right? Maybe if we could actually focus on eliminating unnecessary government programs and get really bare bones and like Dave Ramsey it um, as a nation, then maybe we could actually tackle the debt that we have and actually regain control of, of the power structure. But until we get out of debt, that's not going to happen. And even in the Bible, it talks about that, that you become a slave to the debtor. The debtor becomes a slave to those whom they, they owe money to. If we owe a lot of money to uh, China, then we are going to become their slaves. It's that simple because they own us. And unless we can pay off our debts, what are we going to do? We're going to do what we're told, right? Unfortunately, and we can't stop spending long enough to get out of this hole that we've dug ourselves in. So how do we fix it? How do we fix this situation? I encourage people, this is what I did. I actually invested in um, buying huge bags of grain because one thing that you can do is you can mill your own wheat, which is actually way healthier, way healthier when you actually mill your own wheat freshly. They stripped a lot of the nutrients out of, which is why they have to fortify bread because they strip the nutrients out. They they give the good stuff as feed to the animals. And then they give us the stuff that has little to no nutrients. They have to add a few nutrients back into it and then give it to us. And they did that because when they stripped the nutrients out of it, they found that people were getting all kinds of diseases. So the government actually forced the grain industry to, to either add back the nutritious, the nutritious part of the grain, which they were not willing to do because they were making so much money by being able to sell it separately, or they had to fortify it because people were dying. So when I learned about that and I watched this awesome um, video where uh, it's called the bread beckers, um, and she is such a fantastic, uh, woman and she t- teaches you, she is a, what is she? A nutrition scientist. And she teaches you all about the nutrition of bread whole. Well, and not just any kind of bread. It's the bread of life. It's the bread that comes from the grains made from wheat. And so anyway, I said all that, but I started milling my own wheat, which you can do. All you need to do is either get a hand, you get, you can get one that's manual, which I have just in case it's, you know, just in case everything falls apart and we don't have access to power anymore. I want to be able to live like the Amish, but I also have um, an attachment that I was able to add to a KitchenAid mixer. And then it mills your wheat for you right there. It's very quick. And then you get your flour and then you make your bread. And the bread is delicious and it's full of all these nutrients and it helps to pass through your system so much better. It's so good for you. I'm going to include that video in the show notes too, because that video totally changed the way that I started to see food when I learned, I mean, I learned so much about the food. And then she also talks about the bread and she connects it to the scriptures in the Bible, which I loved because of course, I mean, we talk about Um, we, the Bible talks about bread in many different scriptures. And you wonder, you know, none of that is by mistake. God is telling us what we need to survive and how to thrive and take care of ourselves. So bread has all the nutrients that we need. If you eat the whole, um, the grain and whole, it has all the nutrients that you need to survive. 
Isn't that amazing? I thought that was pretty amazing. So that was one of the things where if you're looking at, okay, how can I prepare for if the poop hits the fan and we have to live off grid, what is a, a main staple? Well, grain, that's a main staple that you definitely want to have. And so, um, there are still farms in America where you can get grain. And I actually just went to Amazon and I ordered, and you can get these like 50 pound bags of grain. But what's really cool about that is if you get the seed, cause all is it, all it is, is the wheat seeds. You get the seed. I actually planted some in my garden last year and they grew. I grew wheat last year. It was so cool. So that's the other benefit of utilizing seeds, like, you know, any kind of beans, dried beans or wheat seeds or, or grains is that you can utilize them in your garden. Okay. Remember again, we gotta be prepared to grow our own food and you don't just drop something in the earth and, and then wait for it to grow. Like there, there's some preparation. It does take a lot of preparation if you don't have good soil and many people don't have good soil because we've done so many crazy things and we've added so many pesticides and so many fertilizers and things that are not healthy. So I'm trying to like eliminate all those toxins because I was thinking about this today when I was at church, you are what you eat. When I was a kid, I used to hear that saying, you are what you eat. And I was like, today it actually hit me. Like you are literally what you eat. Have you ever thought about that? You eat a mashed potato, for instance, not a mashed potato. You eat a potato and then your body converts those chemicals into a form that it can use. And it uses those chemicals to provide energy and to provide the substances to make proteins and to become new cells. And your body is constantly having to replenish and make new cells and turnover cells and new proteins and fighting viruses and, and, and all of the amazing things that happen in your body happen when you're ingesting food that it can then use to convert. So you are literally what you eat. You are a potato. <laughs> you are a tomato. You are a cheeseburger. You are whatever you feed yourself. So if you're not feeding yourself good stuff, what is your body? I mean, you're, you're garbage in, honestly, garbage in garbage out is so real. And so if you're giving yourself, if you're ingesting a lot of things that are made with man-made chemicals and are altered, imagine what your body has to do. It's not going to be able to produce the optimal system if you're not giving it the optimal nutrition, nutrition where, I mean, we come from the earth, right? We are formed from the elements of the earth. What your mother ingested while you were in utero is what helped to convert, what converted into chemicals that your body used to make the cells that become you. And so we are literally just recycled nutrients from the earth. We didn't come from a lab. We should not be eating food that came from a lab. We should be eating food that came from the earth. So I really, really encourage you to learn as much as you can and try to like, I'm just saying this, I'm saying this is new to me, but it's, it's not new. 
I mean, of course, everyone else has been saying this for years, but stay in the perimeter of the grocery store. I realize this because I have started this diet um, and it's very, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty restrictive of what you can eat. And the vast majority of the things that I can eat are in the perimeter where all the fresh fruits and vegetables are, um, the real food, not the highly processed food, because all the highly processed stuff is all in the center aisles and boxes. That's how it's able to be shelf stable and last and all that, because it has so many chemicals in it. But what is your body doing with those chemicals? Those are not natural. You will feel so much better. I'm saying this from experience. You will feel so much better when you purge yourself of those um, chemicals that your body is struggling to process. I have had issues with like just digestive trouble for years. And when I was younger, I remember my dad used to take us to eat. Um, he, my dad and my mom always cooked healthy. So we didn't have the same kind of foods during holidays that maybe some of my friends had, like my friends would have like soul food for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I, I would have some if we went to family and we were having like a potluck, but my parents ate a lot of healthy things. One of the things that our family potlucks, we would always have stuff like salmon, which when I was a kid, I was just like, Ugh, I don't want this. You know, I don't want salmon. I want McDonald's. I want a cheeseburger. And my dad was so sweet and he would take us to get McDonald's, but he would never get anything. And I was like, daddy, why don't you ever get it? Cause it's, you know, it's good. And he said, he was like, I'd love to be able to eat that stuff, but I can't because it would, you know, it just, my body doesn't digest it well. And he said, you'll see when you get older. And he was right because when I got older, it started to get very difficult. Like I was having stomach aches a lot, you know, I'd go and I'd eat this food and then I'd feel nauseous and I'd be up all night tossing and turning. And my stomach just hurt all the time. And this, this went on for years. Finally, I went to, um, different doctors and they would try things like change, put me on like an elimination diet to try to figure out if I had certain food allergies. At one point, um, because I had hyperemesis with my pregnancies where I was like throwing up every day. Um, at one point, one of the doctors figured out that I may have gallstones. So after I had my last child, I had my gallbladder taken out and that did not really help. I actually regret having my gallbladder taken out because I actually need that. I needed that organ. And we take these gallbladders out left and right. I mean, there are certain organs that we just snatch out like they don't matter when they do. And then we don't even teach people how to live without them. But God put that there for a reason. And we shouldn't just be eliminating organs as if they don't matter. Because then people like me without a gallbladder have to then go on and figure out how to, you know, digest food when you don't have the bile that you need to really like tear down those really tough proteins and things like, you know, for me, like if I eat something very oily or greasy or meat, like beef, um, I just, ugh, I know that my stomach is going to hurt. And so how do I, how do I do better? Well, I had to start eating healthier by force because my system just didn't like the junk anymore. And it's funny because my brothers went through the same thing as they got older. They also had to change the way that they ate because their stomach would hurt. And I don't know, maybe it's just our family. Maybe it's genetic, but I see in my kids now, 
my kids are starting, my older kids are starting to have the same complaints. Of course, they can still eat more junk than I can, but it'll, it'll catch up to them. And so I say all that just to say that it's obvious that our body is looking for natural and they have put so many poisons in our food and so many non-natural man-made chemicals that our body is just like screaming, like, this isn't it. This is not it. So we have to just change our mind. They've made the junk food so addictive. It plays into our brains, chemicals, and it makes us crave it, which is how they keep our business, right? I find that, and I don't know if you guys have ever felt the same way, but when you're on a diet, you're eating food that you don't want to eat. And you're looking around and everybody else like today, it was the 10th anniversary at our church for the new building for their, they did this huge, major, major, um, um, renovation. I mean, probably, I think they were saying it likes the biggest church renovation ever in history. It was major. And so we were celebrating the 10th anniversary today. And the, one of the things that they did was they had Krispy Kremes all over the entire church. Everyone, I mean, there's Krispy Kremes everywhere. Now, luckily I don't like Krispy Kremes anyway, but I like donuts. Who doesn't like donuts? Right. So everybody's like eating donuts and I'm like, I want a donut. Here I am doing this dang diet. And I want a donut every Sunday during Sunday school. I'm watching and, you know, people are eating because we always bring like we do like a potluck breakfast and, you know, people get assigned breakfast um, and they bring for the class. There's always like for some reason, I think it's just because it's easy. There's always something and donuts. I love donuts, but why? It has no nutritional value at all, but my brain wants it. And when I can't have it, I get mad. I am like in um, like a little funky mood because I'm like looking around. My husband's sitting there. He's got his coffee with his creamer and his freaking Krispy Kreme donut and fruit. They also had fruit today. It was good. But it, I, well, I don't know if it was good because I didn't get to eat it, but I was watching everybody else eat. <laughs> Let me look. I'm a little hangry. Let me not be because at the end of the day, I'm trying to get healthy. I have to do better right? Cause I'm trying to live away from this sick system. And if I kept eating the way that I was promise you, I was going to be back in there signing up for some new friggin' prescription because something else in my body is falling apart. And I don't want to, I don't want it. I don't want any of it. So anyway, I said all that to say, look, let's eat the foods that come from the earth with as little, um, intervention as possible. When I had started my garden last year and I was picking different things like, Oh, there, I had grown these peas, you guys. Oh my gosh. I'm a city girl. Y'all I grew up in Detroit. Not really. Okay. I grew up in Southfield, which is a suburb of Detroit. So the way it works is you've got eight mile. If anybody has seen that movie, eight mile South of eight mile, is Detroit. North of eight mile is Southfield. So Eminem eight mile movie. Well, I grew up just North of eight mile. So I was like around nine and a half mile, but my family was in Detroit. My dad, my grandparents, like their business, it was in Detroit. So I've spent a lot of time in Detroit anyway. That's obviously not farm country. 
when we used to take road trips and we would drive through the country, you know, going through Ohio and all the different states, I would just be amazed at the farms. Like, look at that. Look at all the land. Look what they're growing. Look at the cows. When I first moved to Texas, I was in shock because they have cows like right in the middle of the city. Like you can be just driving down the street, getting ready to go to the grocery store. And then there's just a field of cows right there. It's so different than what you experience, at least from where I'm from. And so for me, gardening was a major learning experience for me. I am in my forties guys. I, I don't care. I mean, I think I'm 43. I can't remember. I don't even keep track anymore, but anyway, I learned things that I should have learned as a child last year. And I was just amazed. So picking the, the vegetables off the vine, watching them grow in the first place just blew my mind. I mean, I was in awe. I was in awe of how amazing and beautiful God's creation is like, God, he made this. And it's just such an experience. I truly, truly enjoyed every moment of it the ups and the downs, but picking the fresh vegetables off of the vine and eating them. And I was scared at first, like, you know, I'm again, city girl here. And then eating it fresh off the vine, like delicious. I mean, you can taste the sugar in it Uh, in a vegetable. You can really, truly, if you've picked fresh vegetables out of your garden, when they're actually ripe and ready to be picked, they are delicious. You get them at the grocery store and they were picked before they were ready to be picked. And then they were put in, you know, whatever system it takes for them to transport them across the world, across the globe, across the country to get them to your grocer and make sure that they look pretty. And, you know, all of the different things that they've done to, to get this vegetable to a grocery store near you looking pretty enough that you want to buy it. It really takes the flavor out. So I was just like, growing the yard long beans. I grew um, these cherry tomatoes that were so good. I grew so many, I grew corn. Oh my goodness. Now the bugs, that's an issue. They want to eat the food too. So we had some battles, but I'm trying to do a completely organic garden. So there were no pesticides. It was just me and the bugs and we were battling it out. This year, I'm going to try something companion um, companion planting where you put certain plants together to discourage certain bugs from eating the plants. I'm going to have to do more research on that, of course, but that is one way to avoid the pests. Um, I did squash. I did um, zucchini. I Let's see what, oh, my grapevines are coming back. The leaves, I mean, I'm so excited because the leaves are sprouting and the flowers and So that's exciting because I just started, you know, I just bought some grapevines at Home Depot last year and and planted them and they're, they're growing. What else did I have? Japanese sweet potatoes got from Whole Foods and put those in the ground and they actually grew. They were little, so not that big. I need to go out there and check and see if through the winter they didn't do so well, but they they were so small when I finally figured out how to plant them because I was doing it wrong that they didn't really have a lot of time to grow big. So I left them in the soil through the winter. I don't know if that was a bad idea or not. I will find out soon. But I mean, I grew carrots. Carrots were delicious. They were so cool. I actually pulled these carrots out of the soil and it was amazing because 
those carrot seeds are super tiny when you first put them in, super tiny. And then they grow into these little fine, delicate looking green plants. But under the soil, they're growing carrots. Oh my goodness, you guys. I have, let's see, I took some um, garlic and put it out in the soil and it started growing. Um, what else did I, I have a fig tree out there. I have, I mean, I really, I tried a lot of different plants. Oh, the mint, the mint comes back. Make sure you put that in like a pot or some kind of area where it won't spread because it will take over. But my mint, different kinds of mint are coming back. I am so excited, you guys, about gardening. I can tell, I'm telling you right now, I could live off grid and be as happy. Oh my goodness gracious. I'd be so happy. I was, I was listening to a podcast. Um, I like to listen to dark horse podcast and, uh, they moved. I didn't real. I knew that their set was looking different. I just thought maybe they were remodeling in their house or whatever, but no, uh, Brett Weinstein and his wife, they actually moved to an Island. Y'all I have been wanting to move to an Island since I was a little girl. I have been saying this since I was a little girl and I won't stop saying it till the day I die. I could totally live on an island, on the land, without all of the other distractions and interruptions. I could live without electricity and I would be happy to be able to like, as the lights are going down, as the sun is going down, wind down, go to bed, you know, sit by the fire and talk. Oh my goodness. Without all the distractions of, of like city life, my husband knows I've been telling him, look, get me out of here, get me out of here and let me live off the land. The peace, the, the simplicity, I don't need to be a part of this banking system. There's nothing that I want. Everything that I want is free or should be free I'm telling you guys, maybe this whole pay now system is a good thing. Cause it can finally kick us off the grid and get us back to nature and get us back in, in communion with God and loving God and, and, and truly appreciating this gift that he has given us, which is the world and the people and the animals in it. So that's it for today. I hope that I have encouraged you to go out and dig in some dirt put some seeds in the dirt and watch them grow. Watch what God can do. It is so cool. It is so amazing. This is Nurses Out Loud. I'm your host, Nurse April. And again, I am here to shine a light in the darkness. It's time and